The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. What's up, Hells fans? Welcome back to the Bird Calls. This is SB Nation's podcast dedicated to thebirdrights.com, your one-and-done stop for all the best and latest analysis on your New Orleans Pelicans. Now, my name's Preston Ellis, and I have sadly been ruled out of the preseason due to a strained left ring finger. So, (laughs) it's Substitute Teacher Day. But before we go any further, don't forget to check previous episodes previewing the Southwest Division, the Western Conference over-unders, and a special behind-the-scenes tour to Pelicans Media Day. But for now, let's talk some Pels! Well, hello, listeners. This is Travis Tate. Uh, I've been on the podcast a few times with Preston, and uh, Preston is- I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Isn't here, but my good friend Trevor Ritchie is here. We are the big picture boys, and with Preston out, we're going to put out uh, just a, maybe about a 15-minute pod. We're going to go over some of the preseason stuff and kind of look forward to the home opener, which is on the 18th. Um, so it's just a few days. But uh, Trevor, tell me about the teams that the Pelicans have played thus far. And by the time this comes out, we will have played Memphis as well. Um, and what you take from how we played in those games. All right, Travis. Well, it's, uh, it's good to be with you. First of all, we are pro marriage as uh, said on a previous <laughs> podcast. So shout out to Preston. Um, as far as the bulls go, I think uh, when we started out with them and we obviously played them again, uh, they're going to be a decent three-point shooting team. They're obviously uh, on the, the bottom tier of the NBA right now. Through the Bulls at home, then OKC, and then the Bulls away, we have held opposing three-point percentage around 35%, which is slightly under the league average. So in that respect where we might question how we're going to cover the three against some more athletic teams, we are sitting around league average, which is decent to see. would like to see it come lower um, in the first game. We had AD with 24 points, Cousins with 20, Drew with 11, Etwan Moore. I was actually at that game, and Etwan Moore lit it up, 16 points, 6 of 9, 66% shooting. Um, OKC away, Cousins only played about 14 minutes. 
uh, AD about 16 minutes. Uh, that was just, it was just a solid game. Perry Jones had 28 minutes, so you could just see what Gentry was doing in that game. And when we went back to the Bulls, I think the one note I had throughout this preseason is players going missing. Etwan had 16 points in the first game, and then he comes out in the second game and 16 minutes and was just missing in action straight MIA. Then Dante played 25 minutes in uh, the Bulls game uh, in Chicago. He played 25 minutes and had two points and one rebound. And I get that AD had 37, Cousins had 22. DeMarcus in the in the, Bull, the away game against the Bulls had 22 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists, which is, which is incredible. But uh, I think that's something we expect. I mean, we, we know what this Pelicans team is, and we know that we're going to have nights where certain players go missing because we've never had the most consistent team. But what I've seen so far is around what I expected, and it's being improved upon. So I, I, I'm content with what I've seen this preseason. So I, I believe what I'm taking from you is that you think that probably our lack of consistency, it sounds like, at the wing is what's going to allow this team to win, you know, win enough games to really make a push in the West. Do you see this team, now that you've seen them play a few times, um, really making that early push where we got to get through those first like 12 games or so and then – you know, continuing to play well through injuries. We've already got injuries that we all well know about. Um, but is this a team that's going to be in a situation to make playoffs by the time we get to, say, the All-Star break? By the All-Star break? We are the big picture boys here. We got to we – we're thinking long-term. I think our stretch after the All-Star break, before we get into about the last 10 to 15 yeah. games, that will be a good stretch that last 10 to 15 games is – is uh, it's pretty tough. I think I think we're gonna be on, on the bubble come the All Star break. I think this start uh is gonna be hard without Rondo. Um, in that in the first preseason game against the Bulls, um, that Holiday Moore combo did very well. It did uh, it did well in the uh, open practice that I went to. I was very surprised and was very uh, anxious to see that. The first game it was awesome, and then against OKC, trying some different things, it didn't really. It didn't really work, but uh, depending on uh, what solutions we have and what solutions we see uh, Alvin Gentry try against Memphis will uh, will give us a, a little bit more of an indication. But I do – I've seen a playoff team this entire time. How how high in the seating, I don't know. But uh, I've seen, I've seen a, a playoff-capable team. Let's go with that. Well, and you know, uh, one of the crazy things about this Western Conference and even maybe more specifically this division that we're in, in the West, just seems like, you know, well, first of all, year after year, it's loaded. It's not just this year. But, you know, we're looking at maybe three of the best four teams in the West and then a team in Memphis that's made the playoffs for, like, what, nine straight years or something? So, I mean, what is it that you think that we can do to vault ourselves ahead of those teams that are in our division? I mean, is there any way that we somehow sneak up and, man... Because even then, there's no way we're getting top four. All the, those three, I mean, do you, do you picture any one of those teams maybe falling down? Like, do you see OKC or Houston not being legit? Maybe. I don't. I, I see the top. Excuse me. Top four is a lock. Essentially, I think something we can do. Not you brought up Memphis. Not necessarily pertaining to Memphis, but one thing we can do is limit opponent three point percentage, and I think that's going to be big. I think it's hard when you see uh, a player like Boogie. Uh, played point guard essentially and get nine assists in a game and uh, 
we've seen throughout these first few preseason games um, and throughout the preseason as a whole, these guys kind of play out on the wing, more of a in a guard setting almost. And I think doing that is going to force other teams to maybe play as small ball as they can to get some more athletic guys on them. Well, what and do you that's going to pose a problem. Yeah, sorry to jump in, but I mean, what do you think it means if they're playing um, Dante at the three for, uh, you know, major, major minutes for him? I mean, is he going to be able to make an impact at that position? And that's going to, it depends on what he can do. Essentially, whoever we play at the three, and I I think it's going to be a move for a decoy, essentially. We just need them to be a threat enough to to pull uh, defenders out onto the wing from them to get to create space. And that's the person we need to find. I don't know if that's Dante. It honestly, so far doesn't look like it's Darius Miller. Um, but we just, we just need uh, someone that's threatening enough to pull defenders out there to create space. Uh, Dante, like I said, in the, in the last preseason game, which once this comes out, it will be the second to last preseason game. Uh, Dante had 25 minutes and only had two points and one rebound. And that was partially because a AD got to the, free throw line however many times he went 22 of 23 at the free throw line and that kind of slowed the pace of the game down and he just kind of took over but I don't know I don't I don't know what that's going to create for it it poses a problem and it and it really the Rondo injury hurts on top of it but I think as far as the division and as far as the Western Conference as a whole if we can if we can learn how to create space and, and use AD and boogie in those guard wing roles and still be able to defend on the other side will definitely have a good shot. Uh, what do you think going down a position from there, actually? Because now that the Rondo injury has happened, um, and I guess I saw, I think I saw a tweet or, or a story that he's, that the surgery went well, correct? I mean, I, I think I saw something online about That's that. That's the but, indication. Yeah. That's the indication that I've seen. But so now that he goes to the back to the one, what does this team look like at the two? I mean, we've got a lot of, it seems like, mediocre options at that particular position. Is there somebody that you can see jumping in there and grabbing a bunch of minutes? I I know you've got to be a big Jordan Crawford fan, uh, just knowing you, Trevor, but uh, I would guess that, uh, you know, now is going to be as good of a chance as any for somebody like him. I think think Jordan Crawford's role is going to be increased. I think he's still off the bench. I wouldn't be so certain that Drew gets bumped down to the point guard position. I think that uh, there's a strong possibility that Ian Clark might start point guard and then keep Drew off ball just to retain what will be the system once Rondo comes back. You know, it, it might pose a problem if we you think move he him can back. Play? You think Ian Clark think, can play start at the one? I think he can play. I get tired of his floaters every time he goes to the rim, but that's just personal preference. But uh, no, I, I think he's good. I, I think he's played well. Uh, he shoots. He takes smart shots. I think he's uh, a leader enough to do so. I think uh, the team has a respect for him from what I've seen and heard. Hmm. And uh, I think the option is, do you want to move Drew, Drew down to the one and play each one at the two? or And then, figure, and then assumably it would be uh, Dante at the three, or do you want to try to run that system that you that you were looking at and keep uh, Ian Clark at the one spot to allow Drew to continue and learn how to play off the ball in the system. And I personally, for some reason, I'm leaning towards Ian Clark starting at the one, but I guess we'll we'll see that narrative play out, and it's definitely still a trial and error roster right now. 
Yeah, wow, that's very interesting. Um, what becomes now of Darius Miller? That's a guy that you and I and, and Preston and many others have talked a lot about uh, in terms of expecting big minutes out of and going to start potentially at the three. Um, does he just slide in there as just your pure backup three slash four? I mean, when he comes in, who's going to be in there with him? You know, is he going to go out there? Is the second unit going to be led by Cousins, for instance? Um, and his cousin's going to be able to kind of utilize the uh, the guys that he's got out there uh, with him really well, just because he's got he's he can obviously pass and create his own shot and get to the free throw line and everything. But you know, which which guys that play with him in that second unit you think are going to shine? I think it depends on obviously the, the and to big to piggyback off that question, and I'll try to get back to it and, and incorporate my answer. But it was kind of a let's try to keep ad one of ad or boogie on the court at the same time which would be probably anthony and drew and then boogie and uh rondo so i'm curious to see if clark does slide up into the one role will that second unit involve ad and drew going to the bench and then possibly seeing something like ian clark uh etwan moore darius miller Dante and Boogie in a in a second unit for a while to give yeah. AD injury or the opposite way around and flip those two. I think that's a I good like Etwan in there as as a as a guy who can catch and shoot. Exactly, and and then if you honestly for a second unit, if you're keeping uh, Boogie on the court and AD goes to the bench first, even if it's not Etwan, maybe he's in the three uh three role to start and he comes out and Dante comes in or whichever way you want to run it. If you bring Jordan Crawford in and Ian Clark in a second unit backcourt, I mean that that's a that's pretty dynamic and and that can pose some problems for like you said that they're not scared to shoot. There, I mean Ian Clark has really been lights out. He takes smart shots. He was uh, he was five of eight in the first game, sixty two percent from the field, and then he was uh, four for six, sixty six percent from the field. So he knows what he's doing. They don't. He he controls the game well. So that's that's why I am pushing for that to be the move. You know, another guy I was thinking about that might maybe this um, seems to be kind of against conventional thought, but I would I would I would wonder how often uh, Gentry and all their guys want to get uh, Drew on the floor at the same time with Demarcus uh, without AD. Um, it seems like you know we've done a lot of talking about the other uh, combo because we've seen them before, obviously uh, Drew with AD, um, but now. I'm wondering if if what, what do you think about Drew joining that second team maybe, um, and kind of just him and Demarcus just kind of wrecking. If that's the move, I I like that combo because that still honestly allows Drew to remain off the ball some. Cause it's yeah, and I was gonna say you know what Drew um, in the in those types of lineups can probably shift up to guard the three if they've yeah. got someone at the one that they're not crazy about and they want to move him over to somebody who's more hidden on offense or something. Um, that's, because, and and, that, and that's where you start running into some problems when it comes to transition defense because if you have if the other team plays small ball to defend your athletic bigs and let's say Demarcus is bringing the ball up the court in the second unit with Drew and you have to and Drew is then you have to transition if Drew's guarding the three and then Boogie's coming off of it's it's just kind of it's weird in that kind of role and that kind of setting depending on shot shot selection really helps a lot and that's something that we sometimes Demarcus. Uh, has to do a little bit better job of, but uh, I think I think that's awesome. I, 
it kind of it's hard. Like I said earlier, it keeps going back to that trial and error. You just keep have, having to try those things so you know what to do. And that Rondo injury really put us in a spot where it's like, that's what we're sitting here talking about. What what's the second unit? What happens when these players play together? But uh, right now, before the season starts, it all sounds like good combinations and unless you just make yourself a bad one so it's just something we have to wait and see yeah and so getting to that what do you think uh we're gonna see when we play uh memphis in the season opener that's on the 18th of october and today's what the 13th today is the friday the 13th yes it is five days yeah scariest day of the year well no (laughs) it's got to be right a little bit more so that more so than uh, halloween yeah 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 Um, I, i don't know some people don't think so, but that's a different yeah, You can go either way, but uh, that's a totally different podcast. But what do you see in five <laughs> days? Uh, we um, go to Memphis. Tony Allen is going to get a huge um, standing ovation and the whole deal. I mean, he's beloved there. Um, dude, why, haven't, why hasn't he been brought up this entire time? We talk about second unit. I yeah, we he, missed out there, I, but now we can I, talk about him. I am honestly in favor. I don't think it would be a bad idea for him to start. In the three, if we're if we're talking, oh. I don't know. I just like the defensive presence. I've I've been since I was a child, um, been a big Tony Allen fan. I remember you could say that time, that would like send a message to this team, like, hey, this is the kind of team we want to be. Um, what, you know, we're going to the place where this guy became this way, and let's see what we can not? take from him. Like, and why not put him in there? Why not give him an increased role when he knows that you, you know he knows those guys. He knows he knows what to do. He knows how to lead. He should know how to lead a team against them. So yeah, I like uh, it. He should he should be a big proponent of that game. What I was gonna say, man, is I I remember one of the first times I actually learned who he was as a kid and, and gained respect for him was I believe it was an interview with Kobe Bryant uh after uh, one of those final series and they asked who the tough he thought the toughest defender was that he had to face and he said Tony Allen. And as a kid, when you idolize those players like that, you're like, man. You know, would have never really honestly guessed Tony Allen. You know, I didn't really know who he was. So from there, I just kind of watched his presence. I watched what he did in Boston. I watched what he did for Memphis. And um, he's an incredible guy, and I'm I'm very glad that we signed him. I think he uh, he could slide into the starting role at times. He'll definitely be a valuable presence in the second unit. And uh, I don't know if you saw the video of how emotional he was when they announced that they'd be retiring his number in Memphis, but uh, he definitely deserves it. Yeah, that's a that's a really great story. That's um, you know, just one of the most respected players in the NBA. I think legitimately, uh, in terms of a veteran, a guy who's never been like a absolute superstar because he's never going to score like that. But you know, obviously, when you've got Kobe Bryant saying something like that, and there are many other players in the NBA who feel the same way, I'm sure they don't want to play against him. Um, do you think we win that game? Maybe on the on the backs of of Tony Allen and and uh, Etwan Moore, or do you think that uh, Cousins and Davis can have their way against uh, Gasol, and then whoever is going to be starting at the four for them, maybe Jermichael Green? I think I think that presents. Uh, I think one of them will have a really good game, and the other one will be able to help uh, create space. Right now, AD leads the preseason in points per game at twenty five points per game. I see. Uh, I see them being able to have their way a bit down low. I think that uh, Memphis isn't going to be the greatest three point shooting team which allows us to kind of uh, slack off in certain areas um, as far as transition and as far as different matchups that we can't afford to when it comes to the home opener against the Warriors. So I think uh, we have a little bit of an advantage when we play teams that uh, 
have a you know a lower aptitude for three-point shooting because we can do a little bit more. I think that, like I said earlier, that Tony Allen's presence will help. I think uh, our only downfall will be is if those second-team combinations and whoever we throw in the starting lineup, if that just doesn't work out and it's, it's just not a fit, that's where we'll run into a problem because then the rest – and I, we sh- that shouldn't happen because we should find that out tonight. But uh, if that happens, then the rest of the game is just, you know, what do we do? Who should we play where? And I, I think that's the only way that we lose that game. Other than that, I, I see it being competitive. And I, I see what I've seen this whole season, uh, this whole preseason, is uh, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins are just doing their thing and, and finding a way to win a ball game. All right, we're going to go out on uh, one last big picture item. That would be who do you think is going to be MVP of the league at the end oh, wow. of this year? You, how about you start? Because I, I got to have a second to think about that, man. That's well, t- and even I'm going to have to kind of talk through it because I the the real answer is I don't really know, but I think I'm going to be able to talk myself into somebody. Um, I know that a lot of the uh, NBA Twitter sphere is all about uh, Kawhi Leonard winning because he's going to be probably the best player to not okay. be playing with another superstar. No, I think if we're asking who I think the most valuable player is in my definition of the most valuable mm, player, okay. it's right. going to be, it's going to be Kawhi. If you take him off that team, yeah. I think right now he is the most valuable player in the league for that fact. I mean, take him off the team, look at it and then tell me what you have left. You know, I think, I think that's going to be uh, why he would be my most valuable player, but that's not who I think will win the award. Um, yeah. Who do you think would win the award this year? One of you know, the I, Durant, I, maybe. I hope's going to win it is LeBron James. I would love that really? narrative. I would love the narrative with it out until after January that uh, LeBron wants vengeance. He he's back with Dwayne Wade. He has his guy. The bench is deep. He's going to be able to rest. He's going to be able to save himself. He's going to be able to lead a team. And when you value that into um, how someone is the most valuable player. I would I would love to see him win it just just for the narrative. Kyrie leaves, uh, and, and then you you find a way to rebuild and and still stick a a championship roster together. Um, I honestly thought he was probably the most valuable player last year, and I you know I'm not one of those LeBron. He's guys, the most valuable just, player every year. He's the best player. I think so. Um, I don't know. I think Steph deserved his. Well, his yeah, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Derek, fair enough. Derek Rose was was probably was not, it wasn't a sympathy vote, but it was like we're tired of giving it to LeBron. Let's give it to this kid. Well, was, Chicago, cool they had school. such a good year that year, and you knew this year that it was gonna. I mean, the last MVP that it was gonna be between Russell and and, and James Harden. But uh, I think at least last year LeBron was the MVP to me. Um, I think the and that was that was my definition last year. I thought that LeBron was my definition of the most valuable player. And this year, I think that's going to be Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. You can't ever bet against LeBron. You know, it's hard. Actually, last year, I predicted Russell Westbrook to win MVP before the season. Did so you? maybe I'm, uh, yeah. And so, may, so maybe I'm on to something, but. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I would say LeBron. I would have to. I, 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 you I, know, I feel I, awful. I'm, I'm going to add a couple of names here just because as a way to, um, I guess just look at maybe guys. Maybe this is more so guys who would be MVPs in like say two or three years. But I think that maybe you'll see a great year from John Wall again, um, and maybe they'll be like the third best team in the East. And you know maybe they'll push somebody. And uh, you know I'm just sort of generally interested in where that team is headed. And then obviously I'm a big uh, Giannis fan. 
um, in Milwaukee. I just don't know if they're going to win enough games, but I do think that he's, uh, you know, going to be in the conversation for, you know, all NBA type guy. Um, but it's just kind of where do you put him? Cause you're going to have LeBron and I imagine you're going to have AD. Um, but you know, he's great. So just another, I hope so I mean, if, if we, if we make the playoffs last year, I mean, if we, if we have a little bit better luck than we did last year, AD's definitely in the MVP race. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a way that either of them, I think Anthony Davis might find his way into a defensive player of the year conversation. Yeah. But uh, I don't think, obviously, what most people are going to say is with both of them, DeMarcus and Anthony, down low, how could one of them win the most valuable player? And so that kind of takes that away a little bit. But I think that I think they're both – I thought it was awesome when uh, Kevin Garnett said he wanted to see DeMarcus win the MVP. I mean, wouldn't yeah. we all? But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to go with LeBron. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess in the end, I'll go with – Uh, what's wrong with Kevin Durant? I'll take Kevin Durant. So anyway, that's the uh, end of the podcast. The no, no chance for you. Um, what was that? So that was the most disappointing two picks we could have gave our audience. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm re- okay. I'm rooting for John Wall. How about that? Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, so that has been the uh, whatever this is podcast on the Bird Rights SB Nation, thebirdrights.com. Read all of our stories. Uh. Trevor, oh, also, you got anything coming up on, on the bird rights? I do have something coming up. Thank you. I was just about to add that in. I will be writing the preview to the home opener um, against the Warriors. And I will also be giving live coverage at that game, and I will also have the recap afterwards. So if you're looking forward to that home opener, you can follow me at Richie, R-I-T-C-H-I-E-T-M-R on Twitter for that coverage. Great. That's fantastic. Um, so this has been uh, – our podcast, Preston, we miss you. Congratulations on your uh, on your uh, wedding. And is he on? Where is he? He's in Florida or something or California? I don't know. That was that was two very spaced out places you just named. So he's somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. He's somewhere. He's somewhere. somewhere on the big internet picture. anyway. Yeah, no, right. he's on internet. He's just it's just big picture as far as you know where he's at physically. So. Uh, <laughs> and this has where, been your big picture, boys. All right. Yeah. Pro marriage. Bye. And that's it for now, Pelicans fans. Again, if you like what you're hearing, you know the drill. Retweet, share, rate. And as always, you can get all the latest news on your Pels at thebirdrights.com. But for now, let's get excited, people. Basketball's back. Let's go, Pels. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. 
And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.